0: All right, welcome to episode 23 of the Construction Engineering Show. Tonight's topic, what makes a good construction inspector? Pulling from lists of dozens of items that I have written down over the years, I'm going to parse that down to six. question came to me via the interwebs. We're going to dig into it tonight. What are some of the characteristics, traits, attributes, skills that a good construction inspector could have? Let's dive in. <music> i am excited to be here the the hiatus is over it has been a bit since i have been here with you it is great to be here if you're a subscriber thanks for keeping me in your subscriber role you've noticed the hiatus it has been a while since anything's posted no bob did not give up bob has been working on some other stuff using discretionary time and other manners but it is good to be back with you if you are new here Thanks for letting the algorithms find you to this podcast. My name is Bob Lebransky. I'm a civil engineer. been working in the infrastructure side of the construction engineering business for quite a while. But roads, bridges, utilities, earthwork, survey, if it's outside the lines of a building, that's the—that's my jam. That's the kind of stuff I like talking about, dealing with, and that's what this show is about. So thanks for uh, thanks for giving me a listen. Always got stuff to talk about here. So, you're in the right place. All right. So, housekeeping notes. always like to start with a little few odds and ends before we get to our topic of the night of what makes a con- good construction inspector. Bob, where have you been? Bob, where have you been? I think I talked about it maybe on the last couple shows that I was with, but in the last few months, I have been adjunctly teaching construction surveying at a local community college here in our area outside of Chicago. And a few weeks ago, final exams, the term ended, final grades were posted. Reviews were done, and uh, just to exhale, Bob, Bob, I finally got my uh, got my Saturdays back, got some of the discretionary time back that I had. I added up my hours that it took for a 16-week class for an adjunct instructor. I had almost 300 hours invested into the class. Now, maybe that sounds like a lot, maybe that doesn't sound like a lot when you kind of break it down, but the effort effort was a big pull. But I'm I'm glad I did it. I'm glad that the school was gracious enough to ask me back to see if I wanted to go ahead and instruct the fall class. And I said, hey, if the if the school and the students are happy with what I did here in this uh, spring term, I'd be happy to come back. So they asked me back. So so I get a little break, got a little summer break here. Uh, n- nice to catch my breath. But that's where most of my time had been going since the first of the year. That's why we've only had a few episodes up here. I've been spending time being a teacher in the physical realm and not in the podcast realm. But anyway, we are, we're back here. I have, I've been just keeping notes, keeping notes and lists and all sorts of topics and things that I want to talk about here on the, on the podcast. I'm excited to carve in, trying to get this thing to be more frequent. I think if I I'll have some more skin in the game, if I publicly declare it, that I'm going to be with you guys more often here in the upcoming weeks and months and fill in the gap, fill in the gap of, of uh, just talking about things. There's not, there's not a lot of, dialog not a lot of podcasts there's only a few youtube channels that are around this bent of the industry so i think i think we've got a special thing going on here and and you know along that line to just the the general in, in the time that we've been away that i've been away i think we're all podcast listeners if you're here you do i we all have certain shows that we enjoy listening to one of the things that i've learned about myself and learned in listening to to more and more podcasts is format how, what's the best way to format, to present content? And I, I've really come to the realization that I've just been getting in my own way. The, the strive for perfection in wanting to make this to be as, as polished and as succinct and working on my cadence and, and my presentation. Sometimes I think I just, I just need to get out of my own way. Just need to turn record on and be with you guys. I, I have to get away, and maybe that's the engineer in all of us, the professional that's in all of us. We we don't wanna we don't wanna screw up. We don't wanna make a mistake. We want all of our answers to be 100% correct, our calculations to be on, and certainly that's what we do during the day. But you know, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to being together in the environment, when it becomes just this forum of spending 15, 20, 25 minutes together, where you've got this on and you're car on your way to work, just something to listen to in the background, things to get you thinking, it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be just this conversation. I just find myself enjoying those podcasts, the ones that I listen to, where more of it is just dialogue. It's just a, a casual conversation about a subject or a topic, someone who's passionate about something that's just talking about things that we enjoy. It doesn't have to be perfect, and I, I will. I, I need to get out of my own way and just spend time being with you. If you like the format, that's great. If this isn't for you, that's okay. I just need to to do my best. Just gonna do my best for you and throw this stuff out there. Hopefully you enjoy it and get something out of it. And if you don't and it's not perfect, you know what? This is a work in progress. I'm always learning. I, I learned that about the just the teaching, you know, this this last spring it's a it's a process it's a process of learning how to instruct and learning how to teach i think we had a good class the feedback i got from the students was good but i learned i learned a, i learned a lot for myself not only just teaching students but how to instruct how to speak how to present how to be prepared and it's just part of a, a an evolution that we all are in in the professional world of like being a lifelong learner just being a lifelong learner and always trying to improve we're here we're here and this podcast is is my way of trying to help our community do just that and if it doesn't come off as perfect they'll still be prepped there's outlines and formats and things to do but i, I want to get out of my own way and just spend some extra time with you guys so look forward to doing this more often here during the summer months and hopefully hopefully get some feedback you know keep keep sending me messages let me know how this is going there's places i can improve i'm, I'm always open to want to know what i can do better that being said let's jump into tonight's episode <laughs> So tonight's show comes to us, brought to you by a question from the interwebs, which was kind of cool to get. And I, I think I have to tell, I always make mention of it at some point. You can always find or get in touch with me via the website. You can always hit me up on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the only real social channel that I use that often. And this is the honest truth. You can send me an invite or an invite to connect if I see a hard hat in your picture, if I see somehow dirt or a machine, if your title's got construction, engineer, field, superintendent, project manager, whatever it is, it's an instant connection. I, I don't even need to look at your profile just to know that you're you're in the game. Um, so that's the that's a great way to be able to get with me. It's I, it's kind of unfortunate that you have to have the connection to be able to send somebody a message, but, you know, so be it. But anyway, you can find me there. And, and tonight's question came from listener Liz, and, Liz had reached out uh, a bit ago, and she sent me a question. And the question, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here, but uh, she says, um, currently trying to gather input on various construction engineers on how to better develop foundational skills used in construction. Most new construction engineers at my company start off as inspectors. I wonder what your thoughts are on inspection. What makes a good inspector? How can you develop skills as an inspector? What are some tangible things that an inspector can do in the field to make a difference on-site? So first and foremost, Liz, thank you for the question. Really cool. When I responded back, I sent Liz a note back, and I actually said, I said, Liz, I'm kind of embarrassed. Here we have a, I have this podcast, and I have this website, and your question is probably one of the most fundamental, rudimentary questions that could be asked of some young person in our industry and I haven't even touched it yet. I haven't written anything. I haven't done a podcast on it. I said I'm said i I'm kind of embarrassed, but you know what? We're going to fix that. We're going to take care of it. So with Liz's permission, I asked her if I could do this as a, as a show tonight, so we're going to do that. I have a, I've got a list. I'm simply going to tell you guys that since Liz sent the question, my brain just kind of went into overdrive, and it just started pulling from all sorts of different sources. I came up with a list in pretty short order of probably – 30 items that I think fit the bill, but we're certainly not going to be able to cover 30 without boring you to death. So, I pulled what I thought was six really strong ones, really strong ones, and I tried to be broad in the in the spectrum of what what fills the bill. If you are starting out in the industry, even if you're even if you're mid-grade in the industry, even for me as a senior person, what makes us good? What makes us in the field? What 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 are the attributes and characteristics that we bring that add value? And so I boiled it down to six. We're gonna hit hit each one of them. Talk a little bit about them. Um, so let's get started. All right. So when we talk about lists, a list has to have a first, and usually the first is the most important. In my list, I think quite a few of these could have floated to the top of the list, but. The one that I'm going to hit first, because it was the first one that came to mind, is being squared away. How squared away are you? Bob, what do you mean when you say squared away? When I think of of being squared away, I think of the whole package. I think of myself. I think of you. I think of those around us. How together together. How together is everything? And this is all-encompassing. I know Liz's question was more geared towards, I'm sure, hey, you know, slump cones and testing and continuing education and being good in the field, and those are all important things. But really it starts. The core starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with me. And and all of those character traits that build into who we are how can we be the best version of ourselves do we have do we have the total package together as good as we can get it where are those areas that, that need to be improved you know when when you get to work when you get home from work when you are out volunteering when you're out with your friends or your family in any of those instances you want to be at your best right and and all of that stuff then rolls back it's all it all comes out of the the basics the, of, of your life you know and when we think about our health we think about how we're eating are we exercising how are we sleeping i mean we, we've, we can all go through laundry list of things that make us the best version of ourselves so it, it's a checkpoint it's a checkpoint at at what point are there things that you need that you want to improve on are there things that you need to to do a little better on are there things that you're focused on too much in your life that maybe you need to to scale back on? i think i think this kind of encompasses just the character traits that go along with being a good being a good worker being a good person it's it's all of those things it's it's work ethic you know it's time management how organized can you can you keep yourself together can you navigate yourself during the day you know as a as a manager as a resident as a as a senior member that has folks that we're all working with those are the things that we count on for each other and if any of those are off kilter it, it throws the whole machine off. It really does. And it has an effect on, on those around us when, when maybe your time management skills aren't as good as they could be and, and it has an effect on, on the team or your output or what we're doing as part of the project. It trickles down. Those are the things that I think it just takes a little bit of self-awareness and self-assessment. Just to sit back, take a few minutes, and, and reassess. And if there's things that you need to improve on to make you a better person, that better person is then going to bring themselves to the job site and, and be better at that too. I, I can suggest one, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, but I know you guys heard me talk about Jocko Wilnick before, but Jocko wrote a book, and it's called The Code. And in that book he goes through and just categorically talks about, it. He, he, he coins it, the the eminently qualified human being. What can we do to just get ourselves to, to level five in all of the characteristics and attributes that are, are are out there? You talk about physical and mental and health and, exercise and all those things that go into that certainly we will never all get to level five and everything it's it's an impossible impossible goal but can we do as good as we can do or can we walk into the day and maybe focus on an area too that we want to improve on those are the kind of things that are there it's a really it's a it's an easy read it's a fun book i'll throw a link in the show notes if you're interested um you can check that out but anyway number one let's uh let's walk into the day let's be as good as we can be that's number one is being squared away So number two on my list, which could inevitably be number one, is communication. How are your communication skills? How deliberately are you practicing your communication skills? We all can communicate better every day. There's none of us that are perfect communicators in the verbal sense, in the listening sense, or in the, in the written sense. But being deliberate in practicing those skills and trying to improve is like i said you could put that at the top of the list because how much of what we do during the day relies on our communication skills when you think about uh, the tradespeople that we work with just think about a carpenter think about a plumber think about an operator their output their final end product at the end of the day Usually comes. It comes from the, their work. It comes from their hands-on. It comes on certainly using their mental skills. But you know, they they are constructing something. That's the end product. Think about what we do, on the technical side, on the professional side. We we, we produce paper. All right. Yeah, we produce paper, but we, we produce knowledge. We produce answers. How you present that information is your output. That is your hammer and nails. That's your floor tile. That's your cabinet. When, when you are speaking with somebody, when you are sending somebody an email, when you are providing somebody with field notes, that work product that you are conveying, that is your output. How good is it? Is it good enough? If you had someone doing QA, QC on top of your skills, how would you rank? And, and what do you need to put into process to be able to improve that? I, I've said this before, I, I enjoy writing. I have always enjoyed writing. The more that I read about the technical side of writing, the more I've realized that I have a lot of work to do. I have had people say, you know, Bob, I enjoyed that article. It was really captivating. I enjoyed how you presented that. But then when I go back and I read it or when I think about it, I, it, it can always be improved. I think I said this on the last podcast or podcast back when we were talking about um, uh, interviews, or not interviews, but end-of-year uh, assessments that I have with my, my boss. And I think I said every year I put on my assessments that I think I take too long to write, that I, I take too long. The more that I have been studying, the more that I have been reading, I think I'm doing the right thing. I I pour over my words. An email to me is a reflection. An email to me, I want to present the reader with something that's easily digestible, that's easily understandable. If that means using italics and underscores or dashes to break things up, if it's short paragraphs, am I making this thought, this question, this thing that I'm posing to the other person that's going to be reading this email, am I making it easier for them? I, I try to do that, but it takes... It takes time and it takes practice. I fear that we're in this world now where everything is a Twitter. It's, twi- it's 120 characters, whatever, 200 characters, whatever whatever that is. Everything is an Instagram post where these are just these short, blurby, one, two sentence kind of deals that don't necessarily reflect on who we are as professionals. What you write what you send to a client, what you put in an RFI and how you compose that information, how you present it, it's a reflection. It's a reflection on you, which then says it's a reflection on your company. It's a reflection on your part of the industry. At some point, we have to just take a pause and say, I need to improve on this. I I need to make sure that my writing is concise. That the thought can get carried. If I can put an RFI together and cut down it, cut it down from six sentences to four, that's a good thing. Am I am I accomplishing that mission? Am I practicing doing that? Today is a perfect day for you to start. I mean, I've certainly verbal communication and, and listening skills, we, we all work on that. That's a constant source. But take the effort, make it something that you're gonna work into your work process for this week. Think about your writing. Think about your writing and how you're doing with that and make an effort to improve it because it really does, it's a reflection on you and your company. Uh, it's something we can certainly work on and, and start today. So number two on my list, improve your communication. Number three on my list, this would be the first like tactical one, not the one that, that deals with all of our in internal traits, but one, one that carries over to the site. The third one and it might make you smile is walk. Get out of your truck and walk. This is a trait that I didn't learn from anybody. I didn't pick it up from anybody. I didn't read about it. It's just me. I think that one of the most important things that you can do as a field person, doesn't matter what side of the the hard dollar side, if you're on the technical side, if you're on the agency side, it doesn't matter, is getting out of your truck and spending time on the site. I walk the job all the time you can if you happen to run into anybody who knows me there's this common theme of I Bob has this habit of always parking his truck like 300 feet away from wherever the activity that I've always done that for two reasons number one. I never want to have my vehicle, like, right in harm's way. So far, knock on wood, I've never had any sort of major incident with my work vehicle where it's gotten bashed into by a bucket or run over by a a semi-dump because they didn't see it somewhere. I like to keep my stuff out of the way. But along the same line, it's also purposeful. Getting out of the truck and walking the site, making walking habitual, looking around, I think makes the difference in what makes a, a good engineer versus the the so-so engineer when you spend time on the site I mean think about our sites our sites are always changing there's always something different you know you can walk to a job site on a Monday by a Thursday three more things have changed it is your duty it's my duty it's our responsibility to be in that environment as much as we can Sitting in the front seat of a truck, looking out a windshield, rolling your window down, driving past something and thinking that you're digesting what needs to be. You may be picking up information. You may be you may be somehow figuring out a problem or thinking about something. But when you are in the actual environment itself, when you are spending time, when you are turning your body around 360 degrees and realizing that everything that's happening around you has spatial dimensions to it it has a feel to it it has a look to it the job the job will look different if you're facing east if you turn around and face west in in just simple things like that you start to see things you start to you start to uh, understand how things fit together what are the next three components that are coming up in this next installation am i am i looking and thinking about the physicality of that, the operational aspects of how are, how is the contractor going to get material in and out? Where are our access points? How is the sewer fitting together with the light poles? I I don't think you can argue with me, and so I'm I'm not going to try to convince you because you might think differently. I don't think you can do that from the from your windshield. I just don't think you can. You may say, Bob, you know, it's, it's faster for me to sit in my truck and drive from one end of the job to the other. Okay, I, you know what? You win. You win on that. You can get to the end of the job site in 30 seconds where it might take me four minutes to walk it but in my 4 minutes I'm looking left and right. I'm I'm talking to the the contractors. I'm talking to the people who are on site. I'm checking in with the materials guys to find out how how's the subgrade? How's the density checks going on? I'm moving past that to just think about a low spot somewhere that if it rains, we might have an issue. I've got to start thinking about drainage or something like that. Trou- troubleshoot, start to visualize, think about the job from from different different aspects. This is something that you can do today you could start right now after you listen to this show turn the keys off open the door get out take a walk that's number three on my list walk and and number four on my list dovetails with number three and number four on my list is is engage 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 with the field forces engage with the people on site I think that one of the fun parts about our side of, the, side of the, the industry, let's say, is the engagement that we get to have. I think, and I'm going to use air quotes here, I, I look at our job sites as this giant classroom. We are so lucky that we get to be in this environment, that we get to be surrounded by so many, so many different people, so many unique people with unique skills, all part of this project that has a start and it has a finish, but all of these people come together in these different times, these different locations, and they put something together. We get to feed off of that. We get to learn. We get to watch. We get to soak in what the, what everybody is doing on the job site. That then becomes the, the skill builder, the resume builder, the notebook, the brain book, all of this stuff that we get to then pack away and take. You, you get to steal it. You get to steal all this knowledge by being outside because you're in it. All of this stuff rolls up into your, your experience, your potential, your next project, your promotion. Just being around it and, and being with the people. When you, when you engage, when you talk, when you ask questions, when you just watch, when you just stand and watch a sewer crew work for a half an hour or an hour, when you spend some time on a bridge deck watching watching people put Rebar together. It might seem like just a mundane activity. It's just production work. When you actually take the time to soak that up, to spend time, to ask questions, I'm telling you, I I probably ask more more questions than I answer on a job site. I'm sure that there are times when people on a job site might think to themselves, you know, that Bob, that Bob's the resident. Bob's the assistant resident. Why he asks a lot of questions? Isn't he supposed to know all this stuff? look I I have, I have no problem in telling you that I'm the dullest pencil in the box but I love learning I love watching I love finding out how things work together because I know the more that I soak up the more that I learn the more that I take away from a job makes the next job makes my next role it makes my next team that much better make make those walks that you're taking make them enjoyable make them engageable so number four talk work ask questions have fun with the field forces. Number five on my list, and this goes into the tactical skills, is get really good with Excel. Excel, in our industry, in the engineering and the construction industry, in my mind, Excel is what a hammer is to a carpenter. It is the the most basic but most important tool that you have in your toolbox. Yes, penmanship is good. Being able to run software is good. Being able to do things in the field is good all of our information boils back down to crunching numbers. We're constantly crunching numbers. You can think of Excel, and, and I didn't come up in... Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I was brought up pre-Excel. We had Quattro Pro, we had Lotus in the 80s. These were just simple spreadsheets that maybe could take calculations that you used to have to do in basic or Fortran, and you could actually put them on the screen and make things add and subtract and multiply you look where Excel is at right now and the functionality and the power that that program has and you look at what we do during the day we crunch numbers I mean that's what we do is we crunch numbers we format information we can develop different ways of manipulating and thinking about data and it really be, behooves all of us to be as good with that hammer quote unquote as we can be I've had the good fortune and I've mentioned his name here before but Dennis is one of my one of my good buddies he is what would be considered the Excel savant, that his, his brain and his abilities within Excel are just well beyond capacity of anybody that I know. Dennis has the ability to look at data sets and be able to think and manipulate. How can I calculate? How can I organize? How can I arrange when you start thinking about your information and what you're doing on the administration side and we're all we all have administrative duties as part of a construction project all of us would like to think we could just spend the whole day in the field and that's the fun part of the job but ultimately we have output we have to put all of our work into format it running numbers and pay estimates and all this stuff comes together how you develop and look at data sets is really really important and it takes practice you know i talked about communication and deliberate practice Force yourself to work with spreadsheets beyond just simple format and, and simple calculations. Dive in and start thinking about looking at the functions. Think about, there's so many YouTube channels that have lots of different ways of manipulating information and data and making it more f- uh, resourceful and fee- and feasible. And once you start to do that, you then, it, I'm telling you, it's like a superpower because Information then can be processed and presented in much different fashions, in a much easier way. I, 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 you guys have probably heard of pivot tables. Dennis introduced me to pivot tables. A pivot table is just a means of reformatting a list of data in in a really functional way. Try it. I'm just telling you right now. Just try it. Um, you know, even Visual Basic, which then kind of moves into the programming side. All right, maybe that's maybe you got to geek out a little bit to get to that point, but Push yourself. Push yourself a little bit to start working with the program in an advanced way. Practice with it. It takes time. You're going to stumble. You're going to have things that aren't going to come out the way that you want. But the more that you work, the the more you think about data in different manners, you will become an asset to your team. I, I guarantee that when folks around your crew understand that you know how to take data reformat, and re-manipulate it, and present things in good fashions. Boy, I'm telling you, it's just heads and shoulders around. So, so number five on my list, obviously. Turn on Excel, jump in, have fun with it, learn, get better. <coughs> Alright, so number six on my list combines the field and combines like our mental and our, our characteristics, and, and that is developing good situational awareness. Bob, what do you mean by situational awareness? Alright, my, my take on situational awareness usually feeds, and it always makes me think of, of uh, firefighters, it makes me think of military or, or law enforcement. Situational awareness, where the, the things that are happening around you as an individual are potentially constantly changing, and you need to be adapting, communicating, reacting, moving, taking action, doing different things because of the dynamic method, uh, dynamics around you. Now think about a construction site. Certainly, it's a dynamic environment. It's materials and machines. It's things that are happening on site. It's the weather. Certainly, it's the traffic that's, that we're working in, the environment that we're working in. All of these things, to me, have that same same sort of flair as, as an emergency responder does. We need to constantly be thinking, being deliberate, learning, understanding, getting better acquainted with a lot of those types of protocols that go along with us being in the middle of a construction site. It, it, again, I, I've been using the term deliberate practice, but it really is. It requires you to, to think about safety protocols. It requires you to maybe look at a pull sheet in the morning that could be a toolbox talk toolbox talk, or engaging with the field crew and maybe sitting in on, on their safety safety minute or their safety brief in the morning thinking about when you are in the middle of your site and traffic is, you have a lane closure and there's traffic on the outside of you. Where is everyone in the work zone? What happens when traffic maybe slows down when there's an accident nearby? Think about where you're at in relation to the machines, the people, the materials. Do you have a you have a place to bail out to. I, I'm not being overly, trying to be overly grim about it, but those are all the types of things that I think, even when you are, especially when you are younger in the industry, you have a sense that, yeah, they're important, but you might not understand a lot of the details and dynamics that go along with that. So, like I said, I've been using the term deliberate practice. Take that time to study. Take that time to think. Um, have, have a plan. You know, when, when you are on site, visualize. Go through problems think about where there could be trouble areas for either you the crews that you're with uh, the motoring public there, there's always time for you to to step away and spend a few minutes in just coming up with a, a visualize visualize a, a bumper-to-bumper traffic accident or a vehicle coming into the into the construction site because the the car broke down how will you react to that you start building those scenarios you you build those mental reps it, it makes you better I mean it makes you better makes you more aware of, of your site and how you are and certainly you know it enhances your your role on on the job site as well too so um you know can't stress it enough spend some time just developing those those scenarios in your head think about it and, and, and uh, add that to your toolbox so number six work on your situation awareness all right so that's my list of six but every good teacher always will Gives the students a chance at some extra credit. So there's a bonus. I'm going to give you the extra credit. I'm going to give you a seventh. Number seven on my list is to be willing. Be willing. Be willing to stay late. Be willing to help the office engineer get a pay estimate out, even though you know you've got three other things that you need to get done. Be willing to volunteer For the extra effort, be willing to tell your resident, I know I worked a full shift today. We've got striping tonight. Let me go get something to eat. I'll come back and cover the night shift. Be willing to raise your hand and be that person. Be willing to take the small tasks, the mundane tasks. Be willing to say, I don't know. Be willing to put yourself out there, put your ego aside, and say, I don't know how to answer that question, but I will find out for you. I can't tell you how fortunate I've been in the course of my career to have worked with and for people who are willing, who have been willing, who are willing and who will continue to be willing. There is a work ethic. There's a dynamic about our industry that you can't recreate. You don't get the environment in an office. You don't get it necessarily in in any other industry like you do in the construction industry when when you bake this all down our industry the project it's men and women its machines and materials and it's the power of the mind it's all of us working together when you think about a crew when you think about you as an individual when you think about this list of six things that we talked about tonight all of those all of those work themselves into your attitude and what you bring to the crew into the project I'm going to personalize this one a little bit. You know, I have never considered myself to be the, the sharpest pencil in the box. I, I think if you saw my college transcript, you would actually have proof that Bob is not the sharpest pencil in the box. But what I have always valued, one of the, one of my most personal characteristic traits that I value the most is a willingness. is, is a willingness to, to not say no to a task. If there's something that needs to get done we're gonna get it done. The task will get done. Good field forces, good people in the industry, good human beings will jump with both feet and contribute. That's what we do. That's what this is about. That's what this list of six and when the six turns into 66 it all boils back to our contribution to the team. What are we bringing to the team? Are we bringing the best version of ourselves? And when we do, are we jumping into whatever the fray is that the team needs? That character trait, that willingness, you can't match. You can't buy it. You can't, you can't pick it off of a shelf. You might not even be able to teach it. But when you have it, people realize it. People know when you are a, a go-getter, when you're a good teammate, when you're a good contributor. Those are the things that, that have the redeeming value. Those are the things that excel you in a career path. Those are the things that the people around you will notice without you having to put your hand up and call attention to them. People will notice. So to close out the bonus question, be the guy, be the girl, raise your hand and say, I'm willing. All right, so 35 minutes, we're going to cut it off there. It's a little longer than my usual, but got fired up. Good stuff talking about it. I hope that you got a few takeaways out of this. I hope you made a couple of notes. I hope there's a couple of things that we talked about here tonight that you're willing to try and implement. Let me know. Let me know how it goes. Drop me a note. Feedback is hard to come by in a podcast environment, but I do like hearing from you all. If you got things that you want to share back with me, I, I love, to hear, love to hear takeaways, so reach me in any form that you can. I always tell you guys the website, hildebrandsky.com. It's my shameless pug, but go ahead and type my last name in there. It'll come up in Google, and you can always find a contact page. Find articles. There's a search bar in there. You never know what you might find, even if it's potluck. There's a lot of, lot of interesting stuff that's in there, tools and things that you can apply and use during your day find me on LinkedIn, always a place to connect. Like I said, drop me a connection. I'll, uh, I'll certainly message you back. And in the grand scheme of things, I am letting you know, I'm just excited. I'm really excited about this venture, the, the podcast, the subjects and the stuff that I want to cover. I have so many ideas that I've been writing down on a very consistent basis, things that I'm reading, things that I'm thinking about, things that are across my desk. We got a lot of stuff to cover. This is this is my jam. This is what I wanna do. I'm committed to this teaching surveying and and hopefully teaching and sharing with you guys. It's not gonna be perfect. I'm gonna get out of my own way. We're gonna get stuff up here and talk about stuff and have things to things to think about. So anyway, um thanks for stopping by. We will catch you guys on the next one. Peace out.